Welcome to the 168 Podcast, bringing you the best in fitness, health, and all things in between with your host, Parissa. Hi guys, it's Parissa from 168 and welcome to another episode of the 168 Podcast. I'm here at 168 Alexandria with Lizzie. We're going to chat to her today and get to know all about her. Um, For those who don't know her and for those who do, we're going to dive in and find out a little bit more about you, Lizzie. And Charlie, we're here with Charlie as well. He's joined (laughs) us. Special guest appearance. Special guest. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for this morning. You're welcome. You ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do it. So, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Lizzie. Um, start before CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Who was Lizzie pre-CrossFit? Okay. How'd you get into it? Um, so I'm from England. Firstly, a lot of people are surprised by that when I tell them. Apparently, oh, yeah. I don't sound that English what? anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started CrossFit when I moved to Australia. I I came here um, on a sponsored visa with a job um, completely outside of the fitness industry um, and I decided I would start CrossFit when I got here because I thought it might be a good place to meet people. Okay. That was kind of my primary aim with it. Was socializing. Exactly, yeah. yeah, just to meet people. So when I got here, I found a place to live. I Googled the closest CrossFit gym to my house and that happened to be CrossFit 168, wow. which at the time was at 168 Day Street. Day Street. Yeah. The original. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, when was this? That was in 2013, so about eight years ago now. Okay. And were you planning on living here permanently or was it a temporary thing? Or were um, you just winging it? <laughs> I was pretty much winging it. Um, I told my parents it was for two years. That might have been a, a slight lie. Okay. <laughs> eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they've been back. A few, t- I mean, pre-COVID, they've visited a few times, haven't they? Yeah. And you've yeah. been back. Yeah, they, they love it here and they understand um, why I love it here as well. Yeah. You wouldn't go back. I can't say that. You can never <laughs> say that. But at the moment, I am comfortable well, here. We are, we, we've ke- we're keeping you here. <laughs> sorry, you're, Mum. Sorry, you're, Dad. <laughs> you're part of 168 now, so <laughs> there's no going back. Sorry, guys. 168 English. <laughs> well, there you go. Mm. Potential global Maybe. expansion. Yeah. So, uh, so you you came here, Googled um, CrossFit. Yes, started at one six eight. Had you done much training before that, or was it not really? Um, like historically in my life, um, I used to do trampolining, so I always had kind oh. of. I was mobile and I knew how to move, um, but strength training wasn't really a thing that I'd done. Um, I was taught how to deadlift and how to squat by a guy at the gym, yeah. um, but I couldn't do it particularly well. Although I thought I was the strongest girl at the gym. I I used to go to a boot camp um, before I came here, but no, I wasn't into it. Like it wasn't my life as such. Yeah. It wasn't, you weren't as invested in it. No, no way. Um, And like, I never thought that I would be working within it. Definitely not. And, and you, your work was, um, was you were in corporate prior to. Yes. Yeah. So I worked for um, Experian who were primarily um, a credit bureau. So I worked um, with financial services, um, with numbers and marketing, yeah. nothing to do with fitness. No. Like nothing. This is a recurring theme with Isn't us. It? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've uncovered, uncovered something yeah. here. So if anyone's listening and you're in corporate and 
you know, yeah. you want to get out of this. That's right. <laughs> Come to 168. Yeah. I highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. Um, and- but, yeah, my first CrossFit session, I, I actually didn't really like it very much, to be honest with you. Um, I left thinking I'm not really sure if that's for me. Really? And then I don't know why, but the next day I sent an email saying, can I come again today? So I think I what? thought I didn't like it, but I did. Why Why do you think you thought you didn't like it? I think I felt a little bit overwhelmed. Okay. Um, that could have also been because I was new to Australia. I hadn't quite settled yet, things like that. Um, but then when I went back the second time, loved it. Yeah. So it didn't take too long. No. No, it literally took two sessions and yeah. that was it. <laughs> I think it helps having – considering and, – and I'm in the same boat – we didn't have fitness background, so yeah. we've gone into our first CrossFit session as complete newbies. Um, I think it gives us a bit of an understanding of what someone, how oh, someone feels when they come in, and definitely, it's that like, yeah, 100%. I have no idea what I'm doing, and yeah. I don't know what a barbell yeah. is, and did, I don't know, did, what yeah, didn't know anybody, anything, any of the movements, like completely lost, all new, yeah. And I remember when um, I first learned how to clean, like I had no coordination at all, like, yeah. I wish I had a video of it Um, and I think that's probably why I got more into the weightlifting because I found it harder and I wanted to be better at it. Be better at it and learn how to do it properly. Um, And so how long did it take? So the next day you went back. Yep. How long did it take for you to sort of realize I'm really enjoying this, I'm going to I'm going to stick to it. Maybe not change my career for it, but. <laughs> um, but that was probably it. Probably that, that second That's day. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. From then, I think I was there every day and to this date, <laughs> there probably hasn't been a day when I haven't been there, <laughs> yeah. except when I've been out of the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. By about maybe six months in, that was when I started getting more into the weightlifting sides of things. Yep. Um, and again, that, like I wasn't, I wasn't just doing weightlifting. I was still doing the CrossFit, but I would stay after the class, practice the technique of cleans and snatches, like yes. just with the bar, just trying to work out how to do it. You caught the bug. I did. <laughs> and did you find that fairly quickly, um, the social side of it and the community side of it, like that was ticking your box? hundred percent. Yeah. Cause yeah. that, that was why I joined in the first place. And I knew maybe two people in Australia by that point wow. and that gave me friends yes. instantly. Like, and you've seen it when someone new comes into the gym, like you can't believe how quickly a really close bond develops with people. Yes. It's like overnight they're yes. best friends. Yeah. They're not just acquaintances, like a really strong bond happens really fast. Really quick. And I felt that with, with a lot of people. Who to this day are probably still incredibly yeah. close Yeah, exactly. Well, one of my best friends we met, we both started the same week and it was like, it's exactly what you just said. Like it's an instant bond and it's a really close, and everyone thought we were sisters or we've been friends for like years. We just met like two weeks ago. (laughs) I can't even explain it. It's you just, that something happens and you just find someone, you just completely click. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's probably that shared experience and suffering (laughs) and pain (laughs) that you go through. Yeah, definitely. It brings everyone together. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know um, that, that that was the background. Okay. You're working full time. Yes. You're crossfitting. Yes. How long did it take for you to kind of go, I'm, I might want to start coaching and we're still not at the career <laughs> change yet? Um, well, I didn't really. It all happened by accident. Um, so at the time, this is 
maybe a year or so into CrossFit at this point. Um, we had a coach at the time. Her name was Mary. She was wonderful. And she used to coach the foundation classes we had at the time for beginners. Um, she had an injury and she left the gym. So we were looking for a replacement for her job. Yeah. So I put my hand up and said, oh, I, th- I think I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I started doing that. It was maybe a couple a couple of hours a week at the time um, and I loved it. It was great and it just worked. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a year or so after that, you were coaching the morning classes yeah. in the city gym yeah. um, and then you opened what was at the time Box RX yes. and when you left, that left another hole yeah. for the morning classes um, and again, I said, I think I can do that. And I can teach a morning class and then yes. go to work and then come back and do the foundations classes. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that. Um, even at that point, it was just for fun. It was because I liked doing it and I didn't think I was going to quit my job and yeah. do that instead. There was knowing at the time there wasn't that thought of no. This is going to be my no, career. No, it was just because I liked it. And you loved and it. I wanted to do it and I could. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Um, I don't actually remember a moment of making that decision that that was what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, but incidentally, around the time I was about to get my PR from my job, which I needed in order to stay in Australia. Okay. Um, so once I got my PR, that obviously made me a lot more flexible with, with what I did. So it was at that point that I made the decision um, that I was going to leave my job. I wasn't particularly enjoying it. I knew that I could do something better yeah. um, or something that I enjoyed more, I was more passionate about, and I knew I was passionate about coaching. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I didn't even think that was going to be a full-time thing. I just thought that would be a temporary thing whilst I worked out what, what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, so at this point, had you started the, um, I guess, transition into the competitive side of weightlifting or not yet? Did that come along later? Um, yes and no. So I did my first weightlifting competition really early on. I was not good. Um, I've got videos. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> I was convinced um, by um, some friends who own Olympic gym yep. to, to do a comp. Yeah. Um, there was a local one coming up. It wasn't a registered comp, and they just said, "Do you want to do it?" And me, not knowing better, said, "Sure, why not?" Yeah. Um, so I did this comp. This was about one year into CrossFit, probably. Okay. Um, didn't do especially well. The lifts are not pretty. Um, I'll show you. I'll put them on Instagram. I'll have to. Yeah, um, we'll post them. <laughs> um, but then it was, oh gosh, probably a couple of years after that that I got into more of the competitive side. So it probably did coincide with when I started more coaching, when I left corporate, yeah. started really throwing my whole self into it. That was when, um, and at the time you were competing and I think you were encouraging me to do it yes. as well. Um, and again, like I never really thought that seriously about competing. Um, I did a comp at Odd Socks, and I think I remember – um, the guys there saying to me, you know, if that was a registered comp, you would have qualified to nationals. Yeah. And I was like, really? What? I didn't know that. <laughs> like I genuinely had no idea. Yeah. Um, I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know, why not? Why not? That planted yeah. the seed. Yeah. I never really wanted to take it any further, but I thought, you know, if I can, why not do it? I can say that I've done it. I can yeah. have the experience of competing. Um, and so I competed for... I think it was 
two to three years. Yep. Um, did two nationals. Um, it was great, but that was enough for me. I kind of decided at that point I wanted to focus more on um, the gym because I was more more into the gym at that point mm-hmm. and focus on what other people were doing a bit more than what I was doing. What you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, so did you enjoy the competitive side of weightlifting? I enjoyed training for competitions because it gave me a focus yeah. and I had like a long-term plan um, to get there so I knew exactly what lifts I should be hitting what stage in that process so it wasn't always maxing out I was never always my strongest as you know when you're competing you spend most of the time at probably about 70% effort and that's really nice because you get to work on your technique Um, I much prefer that to maxing out if I'm honest yes Um, the actual competition day yes and no I had some I have some fairly comical stories about weigh-ins which were not particularly enjoyable Um, so I competed um, at 55 kilos, which is a lot smaller than I am now. Yeah. Um, and cutting to that weight, although it was, it was, it was about three kilos that I had to, to drop for comps. Um, but anybody who knows me knows that I really like chocolate and sweets. <laughs> and you'll remember this, you were there. Um, we were on our way to Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. And we were at the airport <laughs> we, and I decided it was a really good idea um, to buy some Krispy Kreme donuts. Were we with um, Izzy and Kyle as well? I think so, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were and we all had a Krispy Kreme donut. Just one, which is actually really restrained for me, um, but that tipped me over. <laughs> and so for those listening, if if, if you're um, – for those who are not sure, when you r- compete in weightlifting, you register under a weight category and you have to come in under that. Yeah. Weight. So if you're 100 grams over, so in your case, it would have been, if you're 100 grams over 55 kilos, you have a certain window of time to drop. Otherwise, you can't compete. You can't just change it on the day and go, I'll just go into the next category up. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Sorry. (laughs) So, so yes, I I thoroughly enjoyed this crispy cream donut at the airport. And then when I weighed in for the competition, I was about, 150 grams over, which is probably about how much a donut weighs. <laughs> oh so there were several trips to the sauna. There was removal of clothes, yeah. all sorts of things to, to ensure that I eventually did get to the right weight and I just scraped in. Um, I actually ended up doing quite well yes. in that competition, yeah. which was great. It was the donut as yeah, well. It was, it was the donut. It gave me the energy, but it, it made the weigh in a little bit. Um, not go stressful yeah yeah Yeah. and then that probably helped the next time you know next competition yes the next the next competition was a lot smoother with the weigh-in I have to say however I didn't do so well so you know there's pros and cons that's right (laughs) Krispy Kreme donuts (laughs) and um okay so then you competed for a couple of years yeah why did you stop was it was it to I mean you mentioned focusing on the gym yeah there's, there's a few reasons to be honest um I hadn't intended on competing the following year. Um, one, I, I wanted to give my body a little bit of break from it. Um, two, at this point, I was full-time at the gym and I was starting to think about, you know, putting my whole self into it, eventually mm-hmm. opening a gym, and I wanted to really focus on that. Um, also, at the time, some fairly controversial things happened with the AWF. Um, that's the Australian Weightlifting Federation. Yeah. Um, at the time I was doing quite a bit of, uh, work with Sunny Webster yep. 
and we had a charity event coming up, um, which was amazing. One mm-hmm. of the best days we've ever had in the gym. Yeah. We had um, a huge turnout for this charity event, um, raised a whole heap of money um, for Sunny's charities, um, and everyone had an excellent time. Unfortunately, the day after that, I received a call from the AWF telling me um, that I wasn't allowed to do that and could I remove all of the posts associated with that event from my Instagram um, and it was at that point that I realized that wasn't for me yeah. and I wanted to be involved in the stuff that was actually helping people, helping yeah. weightlifting, helping charities, and I didn't want to be tied up in the politics of the AWF. 100%. Um, and I think looking back now, seeing even just as one example of what that charity event did, yeah. for the it was for Lifting Dreams, wasn't it, over yes. in Africa? Yeah, that's right. And there's now – a, a school set up there's a weightlifting school set yeah. up for yeah. these kids who wouldn't have had yeah. access to anything like that's this. right yeah that, that was a huge event um for both the gym and for sunny and and for the charity um and i don't regret a second of it and i would do it again yeah. straight away what we have yeah 100 yeah. percent. I, I i i think um what what you get out of doing these things that and you can see a direct impact and you can see like almost immediately the effect that it has on people. But even within the gym, like seeing, you know, the changes that it makes to people's lives and having something we had Sonny do his seminar out at Kingsgrove a few weeks ago and one of the girls hit a PB and she started crying. (laughs) Like literally she she was bawling her eyes out and we were all just, I started crying. It was, but like <laughs> that, a lot of emotion for one person. Like that day was potentially a life changing day yeah, for her. Yeah, um, and to see the impact that it has, I don't know. I think, yeah. And I would say as well. So I've had experience of of um, legit competitions with with the AWF, and I've done um, local comps that are not registered comp. Um, Odd Socks is a really, really great example of that. Those guys do a wonderful job. Yep. And we have our in-house 168 comps as well. And the local ones, the, the non-registered ones, are far more enjoyable. Yeah. And I encourage anybody who is interested in competing to, to do that. To do them. Unless they really, really, for some reason, want to do a registered competition, the yep. local ones – are so much so much better yeah and the the vibe and the fun and the atmosphere there's people there there's people clapping you cheering you your friends are there your friends are competing yeah yeah Yeah. we um we've done um, like pretty much every year that odd socks have had their comps Mm -hmm. we've gotten involved and we've really loved them and our members really enjoy them yeah that's right um And and it's so welcoming it is. Like you feel welcomed into it is. the space. And, yeah, we enjoyed that so much that we, we put on our own 168 uh, weightlifting comp a couple of years back, yep. uh, which the guys from Odd Socks helped us with, and that was that was amazing. Yep. And I, I think there will be more of that to come very soon. Yes, definitely. So what's this space? Well, weightlifters. On on that, our, uh, our weightlifting side of things at 168 is um, definitely growing Yes, uh, at a rapid 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 pace I yeah. think um I mean you love the weightlifting side of it I love the weightlifting side of it it's definitely a big part of what we do at 168 yeah and I think we're we're in a really unique position um particularly for CrossFit gyms in probably the whole of Australia in the the fact that we have qualified 
ex-competitive, sometimes still competitive and experienced weightlifters teaching our weightlifting yeah. classes. Yeah. I don't think that there's any other CrossFit gym that has that. So it's not just one, it's a whole team of oh. weightlifters yeah. and people with extensive experience um, who are programming, teaching yeah. those classes. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, you know, all of our all our weightlifting coaches are ex or current weightlifters. That's right. And we're, we're all really passionate about it as well and we want people to learn properly. So although we're a CrossFit gym, um, within the weightlifting classes, we teach weightlifting for weightlifting. Uh, which is quite different to CrossFit technique sometimes, mm-hmm. but helps it. 100%. If you understand how to move a barbell properly and in the most efficient way to pick up the most amount of weight, it is going to help you when you have to do 20 reps in a row within CrossFit. Yes. Because you're going to be able to move better. You're less likely to get injuries. Yeah. And you you become more aware of the movement, I think, and you appreciate the, yeah. how technical. That's right. This might sound fairly extreme, but I think that weightlifting can make you a better person. Um, the etiquette that's involved in weightlifting, including respecting the bar, not standing in front of each other, celebrating each other's lifts. Yeah. You don't see a weightlifter kick the bar. Yeah. I, I hate that. If I see someone miss a lift and they kick the bar, yeah. it's weightlifters don't do that. No. And you don't see it. No. In, the first, um, so Ricky from Athletica was the weight, first weightlifting coach I ever had. And he, the first session that we ever did, he said to me, you never step over the bar. Mm-hmm. You never touch the bar with your foot. Yeah. Because it's disrespectful. Yeah. And from that day, I've that's been in my yeah. head. Yeah. And that's. That's life lessons. That's not just weightlifting. It's it's respecting yes. the things around you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so moving on from weightlifting. Yeah, we wanna. I want to talk about you opening up your own gym. Yep, one six eight Alexandria. That's right. That's where we are now. That's where we are yeah, now. V two. Yes. <laughs> Alexandria two point Yes. Um, so I remember very distinctively one day I was sat in the city gym, uh, with Dean and I've been coaching for some time now. It was my full-time thing. I was putting all my energy into helping the city gym, making sure that that was running as best possible. Um, and I remember saying to to Dean, I think I'm ready now. I think I want to open a gym. Um, and his response was, it's about time. Or something along those lines. Wow. I've been waiting for He'd you been to say waiting. that. Yeah. Good, yeah. Which, which I did know. We had we talked about it before, um, and I'd I knew I wanted to open a gym. I knew um, that I would be good at running a gym, yeah. um, but I didn't want to leave the gym. And yeah. to open another gym, I had to leave the city gym. Yeah, and I felt so tied into it that that wasn't a thing that I was prepared to do until I knew that I was really ready. And um, that's a big call to to actually say it out loud, I'm ready to yeah. open a gym. And I don't know what it was that ticked that particular day, but that was it. And from that day I started looking for a place oh. every day. It was, Dean, what about this one? Dean, what about this one? Can we go and view this one? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't Alexandria at the time. that um, we, were, we weren't looking in Alexandria. 
uh, I actually wanted to open another gym in the city yeah, because I didn't want to leave the city. Yep. This all now seems very silly, um, but at the time the city gym was pretty much at capacity and we thought that that would be the right thing to do yep. um, so that we could have more space for more people yep. um, and we were looking at the other end of the city. Thank God we did not do it yes. because if we had of, it would have been right at the start of COVID. Um, so when the pandemic happened, we started delivering our equipment out to our members and we found ourselves around this area. So um, Alexandria, Redfern, mm-hmm. Waterloo, yep. all the time. And we realized how many of our members were here. Yeah. We, did, we didn't know prior. Yeah. It's not really a thing that you – like you kind of know where people live. You yeah. more know where people work in the city. In the city, know, exactly. That's where they're coming from or going to yeah. uh, before or after training. And we realized how many people were here and we were like, okay, maybe this is an option. Um, we had a bit of a time on our hands, um, this is Dean and I, um, during COVID because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> so we drove around the streets of Alexandria a lot, yeah. Alexandria, Waterloo, Redfern. Um, the area was quite big at the time that we were looking at. Um, and then once start, things started to open up, um, we were able to get viewings at properties. We started looking looking at spaces. Yep. Um, we looked at many spaces before we found the one that we thought was it. Yep. Turns out it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but we thought it was. Really happy. As soon as we saw it, um, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. This is the one. This is what we were going to do. Um, it was a bit of a lengthy process to open that initially. Yeah. Um, but once we did, it was not slow at all. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I was apprehensive for leaving the city is that I was leaving all my friends at the gym and I was scared that when I opened the gym, it would just be me sat in the room waiting for some friends to come in and train with me. And how often did that happen? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not once. From day one, I could not believe how busy the gym was. It was ridiculous and yeah. it still is ridiculous. You had reached 100 members yep. within? I think it was eight weeks. Yep. It might have been less than that. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're on the verge of hitting 200 members. And it's been how long? Six months. Not, not even less than that. That's and we've nothing. moved in that time as well. <laughs> You're on to your second Alexandria yes, location. <laughs> so this, is, this is Alexandria V2, um, which was not in the plan. Um, Tell us. Tell us about <laughs> it. has been somewhat stressful, um, but it may have been the best mistake that ever happened. Yeah. Um, A blessing in disguise. That's right. Yeah. There are always sil- silver linings to things. Um, I, I think we accidentally fell into something special here. Um, so at Alexandria V1 at 25 Euston Road, we unfortunately had a series of complaints from our neighbours Um the complaints were something that we tried to rectify. We tried talking to the neighbors. We're nice people. We want to get on with the people that we're next door to. Um, But unfortunately, it wasn't something that we were able to control. (laughs) So we were going to have to close the gym and we put a message out to all of our members. Um, It's one of the worst days of my life. It was extremely sad to have to do that, telling them that the gym was going to be closed um, we are in a really fortunate position in the way that we were able to tell our members they could go to Kingsgrove yep. and they could go to the city and we organized everything um, so that people were, were where they were able to, they were able to continue training. Yep. Um, 
a miracle happened the day before we were going to close and we found this space. I actually found it on Facebook Marketplace. Wow. It, it's Wow. You wouldn't even believe the whole story. It yeah, it was genuinely felt like a miracle when we found this place. Yeah. Um particularly with the speed that we were able to go through the process of getting the keys and securing um, it. And securing it exactly. Um so we were closing on the Saturday. We got the keys to this place on the Saturday wow. and we managed to open on the Tuesday. So in 48 hours we came into this place. I'm not going to lie to you. It did not look pretty when we got here. It was an old mechanics workshop and there was shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, we're very lucky. We have some very helpful friends yeah. um, who came and helped us. Um, we cleaned the place up. We painted it. We made plans of where things were going to go. We got a truck. We moved everything that we needed from the other place over here. And I'm – I'm going to say this is still the prettiest gym, at yes. least in Alexandria. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Sydney. Um, and we made it in 48 hours, um, which is unbelievable. Like I'm, I'm really proud of everybody's efforts who, who helped us. Um, and when everybody came in on the Tuesday, that was one of the best days ever. Yeah. So it went from the worst day to the best day in about four days. Well, you went from Thursday. I remember it was a Thursday that yep. we, the four of us – had our crisis meeting and we were sending out <laughs> we were calling each yep. person individually yeah saying this is what's happening these are the options but alexandria is going to be closed saturday's the last day yes that was on thursday yeah on tuesday you're opening your doors yes so we had to call everybody again and say guys there's a change of plan <laughs> Good we're <news>. open <laughs> uh yeah and our members have been great as well in, in understanding everything, in helping us, in adapting to the new space. Um, and with the new space, that's about to get a whole lot better as well. What we've created, we've created in, in 48 hours and we're about to put or we have already started um, works to expand the space that we have um, and put a bit more love and care into it and it's going to be I've just yeah, seen amazing. the – the proposed expansion i'm very excited <laughs> it's gonna be amazing it is it is i don't think there has been a gym like this anywhere near here um ever yeah no it's gonna be good and i think the fact that you know alexandria has grown so quickly mm -hmm. in such a in, you know so much in such a short amount of time um is a testament to you your hard work um the community that you've built here um it's just it's amazing it's amazing thank you and i appreciate that um but it couldn't have been done without well the 168 brand firstly mm. and everybody um who's helped to put it together yeah what's next <laughs> what's next what's in the works well we're gonna finish this yeah um we're gonna gonna make this the best gym ever yeah, <laughs> I think yep. with the best coaching ever, it's not just going to look great. It's going to deliver the best classes, the best community, um, the most fun, and then on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. That is exciting. Um, I've already been looking at potential spots. Yep, got our eyes and ears. That's right. Open. Yes. So it's very exciting. Can't wait. 
on that note, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've been rambling for like. No, hours. I like. I, I I always sit in these and I'm like, I can keep talking and keep going and going and going and going because <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah. I learnt a lot. Yeah. I didn't know a lot of that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story and thank you for your time. And I hope you guys listening um, got to know a little bit more about Lizzie and her journey. And uh, if you want to hear more and you don't want to miss, miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, and if you would like to, if there's anyone you would like us to have on as a guest or any anything in particular you'd like to know about, hit us up, let us know, and we'll make sure it happens. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks so much for joining us on the 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and follow us at 168 Podcast on socials. We'll see you next time.